0: What's up, guys? You're tuning into to the Founder Hour. I'm your co-host, Pat. I'm Posh. And we're sitting here with none other than Sebu Simonian. He is the essentially co-founder and lead on uh, in Capital Cities, the band, and uh, singer, songwriter, musician. I'm a huge fan, so you can imagine I'm, I'm fanboying pretty hard right now. Uh, <laughs> Sebu, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, why don't we kick things off, uh, kind of like to learn about your upbringing. Definitely interested in of seeing where you come from and and kind of how you came about and how you kind of landed in the music industry so uh tell us a little bit about what you were like as a kid
1: uh as a kid i was just kind of a fun little boy that liked to play music and uh, listen to music Mm -hmm. and just be silly um i was brought up in an armenian household Um, I was born in Syria, although I wasn't raised there. We kind of moved around in the Middle East until we came to the States in 85, so I was six. Mm -hmm. And I've been blessed to have a family that supports my kind of artistic aspirations and have always encouraged me to do music. So I've just been doing music all my life. And I started a band in high school, went to college, studied music there, started multiple bands and started producing and doing some recordings for other people in the little studio of my own and then one of my bands kind of got lucky with with a song that we wrote a few years back mm-hmm. called safe and sound and as you mentioned the band's called capital cities yep. and that song did really well for us and i've been able to just kind of ride that wave lately yeah. 400 million um,
2: views on spotify i saw recently or listens yeah. downloads whatever they call it these days that song is um classified as a go-
1: global smash hit amazing well, <laughs> and yep, we'll definitely so. talk
0: about that and i want to kind of hear how, like, the impact that obviously it's had on your life but can you remember like as a kid like when you first got into music was there like some, like maybe uh, did your parents put you in some sort of program or did you just randomly come across an instrument
1: how- yeah third grade um i was already taking piano and violin lessons and in school, we had school choirs, and I would quite often take the lead solo in, in like you know school performances and stuff. So f- right from the beginning, uh, I was comfortable and, and um, you know being on stage and just singing. Um, and uh, yeah, so from the beginning. But I, I think I started getting passionate about making music as a career in high school when I started my first band. Yeah. Um, and that's where uh, you know, I learned how to write songs because I, we dissected our favorite uh, bands at the time, Pink yeah. Floyd and Beatles, mm-hmm. and we would do a bunch of covers and stuff like that. So I think right there when I kind of discovered the secrets of songwriting, and you discover that when you cover the best bands, because yeah. uh, you start realizing the tricks that they mm-hmm. used, you know, mm-hmm. chord changes, melodic ideas, lyrical ideas, um, I felt like I had a knack for it, so I decided to go full force and...
0: Yeah. And and like I know many kids like myself, like, you know, when I first was put into like piano lessons, like at some point I kind of lost my patience because was like getting very hard. Right. And like mm-hmm. you kind of put it aside and hope you know, you you know come across it later in your life. But like, why do you think you kind of had that quick passion for it? Like, was there someone in your family that was a musician or was musical or was it just kind of natural to you? Like it just happened.
1: I can't really point it at one thing. I just always enjoyed music and uh, yeah. it came natural to me.
2: So I know you said that you guys immigrated to the United States when you were six years old. Do you remember anything while you were in Syria or when you were in Saudi Arabia?
1: Yeah, we were in Saudi Arabia uh, for most of my early childhood. Um, and yeah, I remember kindergarten and first grade over there. Um, we went. I went to a French school. Okay. So you speak um, French or? I did. I did. I can kind of, but... Mm -hmm. not really Mm -hmm. i I forgot it because pretty Mm -hmm. much we stopped i stopped speaking french when we moved to the states when i was six but um yeah saudi was uh, you know i was in a bubble um um, and so i didn't really get to see too much of riyadh or experience that
2: but um why did your parents decide to come to the united states as opposed to i don't know go to another part of the middle east or perhaps repatriate to armenia or something like that?
1: yeah well they're from Beirut actually. So Riyadh uh, was supposed to be temporary and um they left Beirut because of the war and uh, my dad. So this is like 1976. This was 77 I guess right yeah. before I was born actually. Yeah. Um so yeah, my dad found uh, found work in Riyadh so we moved there for a while and the idea of moving back to Beirut was just too risky. Um we we, we lost a lot. They you know my, my dad yeah. lost a lot there because of the war and, uh, and all the bombings and stuff. And it was just dangerous. Mm. So we had the opportunity to come to the States because my dad's older brother uh, met a nice Memphis girl while he was studying abroad wow. in Europe. And they fell in love and, and they got married. So he was already living in Memphis, Tennessee. Interesting. Uh, so we had that avenue um, to come to the States. Huh. But we also, on my mom's side, uh, her um, older brother had already moved to LA uh, somehow.
2: So we just So you guys landed
1: straight in LA? Yeah. We actually stopped in Memphis thinking okay. we would stay there with my dad's brother. <laughs> but so Armenians in Memphis, yeah. I can't imagine. So that's where the music uh <laughs> Yeah. <right> yeah <laughs> but uh I soon quickly we we realized that it was very important to us to be in a bigger <laughs> Armenian <laughs> community and that's right. why we moved to LA. Right.
0: And and do you remember like growing up, especially here when you come here, um, you know, you obviously have this musical passion. Was there anything else you wanted to do when you grew up, or like as you were growing older, was music like the only route for you?
1: No, I enjoyed doing a lot of things. Um, I enjoyed um, drawing and sketching and and doing kind of design things. I always thought I might end up being either an industrial designer and design like shoes or cars or something like that, or like maybe an architect. But you know, it's just uh, it's the arts, and you dabble in everything, and I I enjoyed a lot of different things, but music seemed to be my strongest suit.
2: And I know immigrant parents are always trying to force these professional professions on their kids. Were you ever pressured into being in one of those industries beyond the arts, you know, the, you know, lawyer, doctor, engineer type folks?
1: No, not at all. Um, yeah. I There's just none of that. So
2: from day one, they were just okay with Sebu doing music or totally. art? Totally.
1: Yeah. Uh, my dad, Helped me start um, my recording studio mm-hmm. to do production work and record. Why, what age parents. is this? Um, you know, right, coming if, right. You know, in my college years mostly early twenties. Okay. Um, you know, as I was going to school and studying music and studying um, the music industry studies at Cal State Northridge. Uh, I I also wanted to record. My bands and other bands, so I even set up in my bedroom first, yeah. and uh, my dad got me my first you know multi track recorder and that's where it started
0: and when you were deciding to go to college and you chose music industry as a major, why was that? was it to understand the music the business side of music because you you felt like you know I want to break into the industry and I want to be a musician, but I want to understand the business side too, or do I want to break into the business side?
1: no no, I wanted to definitely be a musician that okay. understood the business side so I can kind of doing myself yep. um um everybody has to fall back on doing it independently mm-hmm. uh, until you get support from some somebody else or another company or you get signed or whatever you have to do it in, independently in order to do it right you got to kind of learn about the business yeah. i didn't feel like i n- needed to do that but i think um as a kid and uh as most people kind of just assume that you should go to college yeah <laughs> And you got to kind of cross that off yeah. that list. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, if I have to go to college, let me just do it mm-hmm. quick and easy. And yeah. oh, look, Cal State Northridge offers yeah. a music industry studies program. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Perfect. No other school was offering yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think USC had kind of.
0: I took a minor, to, but yeah, seminary, I think had a Thornton. yeah, Thornton. Yeah. But,
2: you know, Seb, so I'm curious. Kind of topping. I know you know we wanted to discuss several different topics throughout you know these next few days uh, beyond just your you know, personal background and your bio, but what are your thoughts on college? I mean, you know, you are someone who is in the music industry that didn't necessarily have to go to college to be who you are right now, but what are your overall thoughts as an artist on going to college? I mean, is it something that you would want your kids to pursue? I
1: think college could be very beneficial uh i think it's pretty individual um you definitely don't need to go to college to be successful um it could it could hurt it could help um how could it hurt how could it hurt well you're stuck in an institution for three years instead of doing something else like maybe traveling or or going to another institution or something experiencing something that's not so institutionalized Mm -hmm. and you you can kind of be Mm -hmm. flexible about how you experience those three years four years out of your life um but i think on the whole for me it was beneficial i met a lot of cool people there and i definitely learned a lot about the music industry uh because of that program um but i think it's uh depends on what you want to do what kind of career you want to have so it's very
0: you know individual and you meant and you said for every person who's trying to break into the music industry obviously you have to be independent for a while and so that means Usually learning how to record yourself and maybe even edit and master, mix and master, all that stuff. Uh, how did you? I, I know I'm sure you took classes for like instruments and stuff, but how did you learn how to actually make your own music? Um, record your own music? Yeah,
1: yeah. I started off with a little digital multi track recorder and um, recorded my live bands. Yeah. Um, live drums, live bass, vocals. It was everything. just you. And it was just me with uh, that little multi-track recorder. I think it was a a Roland set of speakers and as many mics and mic stands as needed to record a drum set. And, you know, half the mic stands were broken. Uh, Most of the mics were just, you know, $80 sure dynamic mics. But, you know, I learned how to make it all work. Just kind of trial and error, plugged everything Mm -hmm. in, read up about it and it wasn't that difficult um eventually got a computer and started doing actual programming and and electronic beats and stuff like that and incorporated that with with the bands uh yeah self-taught yeah um i did take some classes in college but it was like by the time i was taking those classes i was really just acting as the teacher's assistant Mm -hmm. because i knew pretty much how to do how to program midi and chords and Um, You know, plug in mics and gains and EQ and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And so throughout this time, like as you're either starting bands or making music yourself, how long and was it a long time or challenge to kind of develop your your sound, like to find what your sound is? And I mean, have you? Do you think you feel like you still found it?
1: Um, I the thing I love about music is is that um it's so eclectic and diverse um most people most music lovers will never say oh i like just this one type of music i like all most people say i like all kinds of music and that's how i feel as a that's how i want to feel as a musician as a producer as a creator music creator um so i don't want to pigeonhole myself um and i've been in three or four bands and each one has been pretty different Um, From one another. The latest one, Capital Cities, is a lot more dancey, electronic, and poppy compared to uh, my previous bands. Um, Was one of them Aviatic? Yeah, Aviatic was one of the bands. I saw you guys
0: live when I was a kid. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that was a cool man, and and um, it was a lot more live and rock and kind of melancholic, I guess, the sound. But then Capital Cities was all cheery and happy. Um, what was
2: your first band that you ever started?
1: Um, in high school, it was called I.O.
2: I like the letter and O like the letter? Yes. Um, what does it stand for?
1: Well, it's the Jupiter, It's one of Jupiter's moons. So that's. I thought that was cool, but yeah, I had different interpretations. I don't remember what we learned. <laughs> la- and it was well. just you? or No, it was me and uh, four, uh, three other guys from high school. So it was my first high school band, and I we kind of kept it going for a few years after high school, and then the Unknown Project was my second band. Aviatic was after that, and Capital Cities was the last. Band. Were
2: you ever in the mindset of wanting to make money, or was that never like a concern?
1: Um, only as much as I wanted to do, I wanted it to be my career. Um, it was, and you
2: did want it to be your career? Oh yeah like definitely wanted to do music and i didn't
1: have to i didn't mind being behind the scenes i was i would have been very happy being just a producer um uh, and maybe songwriter but i've always also enjoyed doing the live thing and playing and being a recording artist right um so i kind of tried to do it all and whichever one would and yeah. succeeding would be the one I would follow.
0: And do you think because there's so many different elements of making music, right? There's performing and there's recording and kind of being behind the scenes. And not all the time is a recorder, recording artist, a good performer, or even a writer. Right? Like sometimes you'll have people writing songs for the recording artist. Do you think that all those things come naturally to you, or did you have? Did you feel like initially you were strong at one, and you had to really work at being a good? either writer or performer or vice, I don't know, one or or the other? Yeah, each
1: um, um, trait, I guess, is unique. A songwriter, you could be a really really great songwriter, but you can't sing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to kind of work with a good singer to help you finish and complete the song, and they end up becoming the recording artist, or not even, maybe they're just helping you write. Someone else ends up being the, the artist that sings it. Um, So there's songwriting, there's, uh, and then even in that, there's people who are just good at melodies and there's people who are good at lyrics. Yep. And there's people who are good at at both. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I go through phases of of what I'm focusing on. I think in the beginning, um, you know, I focused on production. That was really important to me, like getting good drum sounds and getting good sounds uh, with the bass and the synths and stuff like that, uh, but then lately, I just I focus more on songwriting, and uh, I'm trying to develop that skill. Um,
0: it's kind of like a muscle, right? Like at the gym. Yeah. Right? Like which where, where am I lacking a little bit? Or I feel like I'm lacking. Let me kind of jump exactly. in there and try to
1: totally yeah. and and you focus on one aspect for a little while to try to get it to a place where you're okay now I feel like i'm I'm actually good at this yeah and then move on to something else uh, yeah lyrics lately have been very important to me whereas before I didn't really think about it as much why is that I don't know uh, as you grow older things kind of change um, the, uh, interests change and
0: and what's your approach to to writing like do you have a certain type of I don't know like ritual method something that you do or is it kind of just like because I can imagine at times you might have like writer's block and like how do you kind of get out of that like what's your approach
1: um well lately I've been uh collaborating a lot with with a lot of random people and um I've been lucky that these opportunities have just been popping up um from random places and It'll be like, let's say, uh, a producer friend of mine who has this cool beat. And so he'll send me a beat, and it would inspire me to write a melody and a song over it. And so there's two or, two or three of these uh, situations right now in the works. Um, each one with one to two songs. So like, there's like six, seven songs as we speak. It's like a Kanye kind of West bubbling. album. Yeah, uh, in the background, and yeah. I'm thinking about all of them. And if I want to write something from scratch, I'll just sit down at the piano and just doodle. Mm-hmm. And I love chord progressions, and I'll just hum and uh, think of melodies um, and improvise random words. And every once in a while, something will stick. Something interesting will pop out, kind of randomly. I don't really like overthink about uh, yeah. think it. Yeah. Um, a How... Catchphrase is very important. Right. And once I have a catchphrase, then I just build off of that.
0: How deep does your like kind of? I don't, want, I don't want, I guess, institutional education go when it comes to music? Like, have you gone throughout, like, these, like, really rigorous programs? Or has it just kind of been, let me, like, learn the basics and then I'm going to kind of figure it out myself? Because I, I I can imagine, like, especially with music or anything creative, when you really go too deep into it, sometimes it sucks that creativity out of it. So I don't know, for you, like, how how deep has your, like, education, formal quote-unquote education been? Um,
1: well, I did get a degree in music at from Cal State Northridge, and uh, that required uh, extensive piano lessons and voice lessons and uh, very high caliber choir experiences. Got it.
0: So that was all part of the program. Actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, private lessons, uh, juries, <coughs> jazz class, world music classes, all these types of things. So yeah, I got pretty deep into it, um, but I didn't over, you know, emphasize its importance. I didn't want it to uh, affect my uh, songwriting too much. I just wanted to, um, I mean, they even, uh, actually I could have continued and gotten my master's in, the, in, in opera
2: mm. over there. Um, Do you sing opera or did you sing opera? I
1: didn't really sing opera, but I sang in the choir and I, we took private lessons, yeah, yeah. we had to give juries and there was operatic pieces. So I was able to showcase my, the potential of my operatic voice. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. they offered me a scholarship oh, to wow. do the opera uh, program there. Mm-hmm. And I declined because I wanted to sing more like um, you know, Robert Plant instead of Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> so <laughs> I said no. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it has helped. That, all that education, because
0: uh, on the flip side, when you know when you know all that information, yeah, especially then you the can, classical stuff, yeah, uh, that a lot of people don't, you know, it's dig possible. Dig into yeah, uh,
1: when you dig into that and you you hear the amazing melodies that you know Beethoven and Mozart and Bach created. I mean, all these amazing melodies are out there already written, yeah, that you could just kind of borrow from and and implement in new pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has helped me a little bit.
2: When you're sitting down writing, explain to us the space you're in. I mean, like, what is Sebu's mind going through or what is he inspired by when he's sitting down, you know, because you said right now you're doing, you know, you're focused more on the songwriting. What is it that you're focused on? What is that environment that allows you to think creatively, be creative, and, you know, then put, you know, it's like that, that pen to paper and just get it written and get it done. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you kind of just go with it. Um, when I create, and every song has its own story um, and different process, uh, one could take, one song could take many, many years. In fact, there's this one song that I wrote when I was 16, and it's like not complete. And just this last year, I brought it back up and I completely changed it. Really? I feel like it's almost done. So maybe it'll end up on my album, uh, my debut album. Hopefully will come out this year. But we talk you know, about there's like a, a, a bit, 20... Yeah.
2: 30-year-old song in there (laughs) that is just barely completed It's it's obviously a subjective done like when is when are you at that moment where you're like this is ready to go out in the world or is it more so about your satisfaction and less so what the listener is going to perceive from it
1: um it's definitely my satisfaction but i assume that if i like something then then like most people will probably like it too i hope so yeah um and to me if something just feels incomplete like that song i was talking about i loved the verses but the chorus something was off and um I i for basically 20 years i've been trying to figure out how to fix this chorus and i just now realize that it's it wasn't a melody issue it was a lyrical issue uh so oh man i should just change the words and i changed the words and and all of a sudden the chorus just came together mm. so um so but then there's a song that i might write and and just not just write it but also record yeah. it on the same day and one day it's done yes. right so it's kind of it's luck for me sometimes a song will be very difficult and sometimes a song will be very easy yeah but as long as they're good at the end and they're coming out, then I'm at a good place. It, what sucks is when you write a song and it just sucks really bad and you're just like, oh
0: man. As long as you're I aware gonna, of it, how you just move on. Yeah. And then you
1: work on it, work on it, and you realize it's not fixable. It's just a shitty song. So you just throw it away. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know what's funny? So we also we interviewed on a few months I mean almost a year at this point I think we interviewed uh, Khalees, who has that hit song Milkshake as most people will know her from that if i say it and we asked cuz so now she's a chef and so wow. we yeah, yeah so she's done best of both worlds and so when we asked her about you know kind of those two experiences one thing she said was as a chef i have to kind of please the person who like the, my audience is The person that I want to please, essentially. Like, I need them to be gratified. But with music, I didn't really give a shit about what other people thought. It was more so my pleasures and doing it for my pleasures. And if you also liked it, great. Is that something that, you know, drives you? Is that something that motivates you? Or at the same time, do you want the people that are consuming the content that you're putting out there to be gratified? I mean, what's the emotion you're trying to evoke both for yourself and also for the? those that are listening well that's
1: an interesting uh comparison or you know, she was describing it as contrasting but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i actually think they're the same thing when a chef um is making food i'm sure that he wants to be able to eat it and enjoy it thoroughly himself or herself um and if uh if if the audience if the Guests eat it and don't like it. Well, that's their problem, yeah. (laughs) And I think that's the same thing with music. Um, you know, you want to make music that you enjoy, but hope that everybody else also enjoys. Um, yeah, but I love food.
2: Oh, yeah, but usually I cook
1: for myself, I don't usually cook for others. What what do you cook?
2: Um, well, you said you said you're veg. Well, early on, I think offline, you said that you were vegetarian, like, but you know not super strict on yourself
0: but uh-huh yeah
1: i i love veggies i love plants yeah. uh and i love uh making all kinds of beans and rice and salads um uh fool you guys like fool
2: i love it yeah. it's like the armenian like fava beans fava ah. beans yeah.
1: stew in the mornings yeah. with with
2: tomatoes, tomatoes and, and parsley and olive oil and olive oil yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah shows the morning right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's funny. So this morning at like seven a.m., I went to the farmers market in Pasadena, and now I, now I got to think of you because it was just all veggies, no protein, just all veggies and seafood. Beans. beans I don't I don't think I'm not ready, I'm ready for that yet. You're not ready for the vegan no, life, love, the vegetarian I love, life. I love meat too much. Kay. Yeah, When did you stop eating
0: meat? Um.
1: Well, the last three to four years, I've just been trying to get you know healthier and looking into nutrition and stuff like that and so um i've been i guess experimenting with um different diets and uh discovered that you know cooked meat or processed meat especially uh, is not healthy for you so you got to cut back on that stuff mm-hmm. um and at the same time i, I kind of rediscovered discovered all these amazing um mm-hmm. foods that that I hadn't really mm-hmm. eaten before. Um, when the plants and the beans and the fruit world kind of opens up to yeah. you, it's like, oh, wow, there's so many, yeah. like, so much
2: good yeah. stuff out there.
0: I just got a juicer and I started <laughs> juicing and it's, it's been great so far. Yeah, so that's, yeah that's, I feel that's, like you're on the- That's that, as, that as close juice as I've gotten times, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So before, I want to just wrap up this segment with a question that just kind of came to me and um, we'll talk about Capital Cities and a bunch of other things in the following segments. But now that you're A father and kind of looking back at your childhood your young adulthood your professional life what's one piece of advice just one that you would give to your kids about anything um
1: just try everything try try a lot of different things um don't take life too seriously and enjoy all aspects of life. Um, try to be very well-rounded, and then, and then as you grow older, uh, start focusing um, on, on on one thing in order to make that your career. Um, but for as long as you can, try different things. Mm. Just be good. I don't know. I don't know what kind of advice. I why do you think like that? that.
0: Well, like, just to elaborate on that. Like, why? What do you think comes out of trying a lot of different things?
1: Um, because I think um, most of us have many talents that uh, we might not even know about, right. um, uh, and can be good at many things. Um, <clears throat> so, let's say I was convinced that I would, I was just as good as doing music as I was as, let's say, if I got into architecture or something like that. And I would enjoy both equally and I could succeed uh, equally at either one. So maybe I should do both or try to experience both as much as I can in the early stages, uh, you know, high school, college, whatever. And then life circumstance might dictate which one um, you should do because mm-hmm, right. an opportunity might pop mm-hmm. up in one or the other and not necessarily because you're better at that than the other. It's just opportunities Chances, too, yeah. you know? So the more things you try, the more opportunities uh, will kind of just fall mm-hmm. yeah, uh, in front of you.
0: Because definitely like when you're, I think, yeah, what you're kind of trying to say too is like when you're aware of that innate kind of talent, when you actually try it and you're exposed to that thing, then things start opening up and then it's like, kind of seems like you're getting lucky all the time but like you're just kind of you're 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 looking at it from a certain lens that you didn't have before right Mm -hmm. because you know that you have there's something there like you're not only good at it but there's a spark and you can potentially go after it or do something else right so thank you so much for uh sharing your upbringing and 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 story and uh we're excited to have you back tomorrow to talk about capital cities and what's going on there thank you